Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. And now, live on 670 The Score and on the Odyssey app, it's Anthony Herron, former NFL defensive lineman and Iowa Hawkeye. Football analyst for 670 The Score, Fox Sports, Sirius XM, Big Ten Network, and NBC Sports. Anthony Heron on 670 The Score. City! For the better part of the next three hours, I am your voice. This is Anthony Heron of Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Outstanding lineup of guests for the show tonight. We are going to spray to all fields, as as I want to do at this point in the calendar year, nearing the end of August. It's Wednesday evening. My guy Tyler Farringol on the ones and twos. Got some good guests to book for us this evening. And those guests will appear on the Score Hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We'll see. I'm hoping to open up the phone lines a bit later in the show. If we do so, Score, listener line, powered by BetQL, Bet Smarter and Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. You'll hear from a number of individuals that we will get to some audio. We're definitely going to hear from some of the Bears brass because this has just been, I don't know, it feels like it's been an exceptionally busy week. We're we're only here on Wednesday, but it feels like it should be the weekend already, like Friday or Saturday, just because, you know, it's just been a, a hot and heavy sports news week so far. And we're just here at Wednesday. So, I mean, between the, the Cubs being in the – the division title chase, winning yet another series, taking down the Brewers. Huge win for the Cubbies on the north side. So we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show, whether it's the the wild card, which they are definitively in as of this moment because of the way that they've begun rolling here and it hadn't been all pretty. But that's that's the way that they're designed. That's the construct of this Cubs team right now, that this lineup of hitters and defenders and pitchers. They're going to defend you, and they are set up to be able to win tight games, low-scoring games, and we have seen them get critical hits more frequently as of late. So we'll cover all that a little bit later in the show. 
And of course, all the news on the South Side with the White Sox. And, you know, that sort of began in earnest last week, but continued through the weekend. And as I saw multiple folks pointing out on Twitter, as the, as the news began to circulate there, you got some fan cheddar bobbing herself in the, in the stadium somewhere and, and, you know, still getting more and more information on that. But then, of course, the Bears. I was out there at Soldier Field over the weekend and it was there were some elements of the Bears final preseason game that were impressive there were other elements that were less than impressive but it was encouraging and we'll hear some of the sound from Matt Eberflus from Ryan Poles from Ian Cunningham who have all addressed the collected media over the last couple of days here and just kind of getting into the the fact that the injury status of the roster as a whole isn't nearly as bad as it seemed throughout a lot of the preseason. That's according to them. Now, we'll see by the time a regular season game gets played here who officially is in and out of the lineup. But at the moment, apparently Tevin Jenkins is the only presumed starter that's not expected to be available to open the season here. So with as many individuals as have missed time and have been out of commission and held out of practice and scrimmages up at Hallis Hall and throughout the preseason games, certainly a good thing that as of right now, the Bears are anticipating that Tevin Jenkins will be the only presumed starter that's not going to be available to open the season. So it's good news by comparison to the way things were looking and just the, the mystery surrounding who was in and out of practice. So we'll, we'll certainly delve deeper into that and you'll hear from some of the uh, the Bears decision makers over there as well. We'll get into some of that sound throughout the show. And I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe it feels busy on, only being at Wednesday here, but it feels like a weekend because I'm, I'm individually very busy as well. This is just the part of the year where things really pick up a lot. For me, I've, I've got two different college football games this weekend, and this is even before you know getting into the Bears regular season beginning next week. It's one of those things where because the Bears don't play this weekend, they've made all their final roster cuts, and that's one of those things that we'll we'll spend a lot of time getting into in a couple of minutes, just sort of analyzing, uh, recounting what they've done and making sure that you're aware of all that because not everybody, especially as we're we're into the, the thick of the work week here, you're not all in a position to follow, to track every Bears transaction in earnest and spending all your day on Twitter or or X, or I mean, it's still, you still access it. Like I access it either on my desktop or my laptop, laptop at twitter.com. I know I see the big X logo there. Like I can't even find the thing when I'm looking on my tablet or I'm trying to, let me look on my phone real quick and see, has this changed on my phone yet? I know on my tablet it's different. So no, it's still got the little birdie Twitter logo on my phone, but on my tablet, it's changed to the, the X logo. So I assume we're just in the midst of kind of a, a steady sort of, you know, methodical kind of transition as, you know, the the name changes and the logo changes in the app. And maybe at a certain point here, the URL might change. But at the moment, it's still Twitter.com. So since the the actual URL where you access it on the intranet is still Twitter.com, I still feel comfortable calling it Twitter. I do hear more and more people sort of, you know, putting the caveat in there that it is also known as X or the X. I don't know, maybe they'll, I think Ohio State has, uh, has patented or trademarked the. So I don't know if Elon is, is allowed to call it the X. Maybe it's just got to be X. But um, 
a lot of you aren't in a position to sort of search that, track that throughout your busy days here. So we're going to make sure you're up to speed on the Bears transactions that have taken place as, at least for the moment, they have a set roster. They have gotten from 90 in the the 53-ish range. And, you know, ish is a term I may use a few different times throughout the night because it's a a final-ish roster, you know, for right now where the, the door still seems a bit ajar because the, the Bears do have the uh, the top claim order on the waiver wire. So if any other transactions do continue to happen, then they'll be in a position to, to sort of pounce and to try and capitalize on that, to maximize it, uh, to maximize their roster you know, because of the, the way that they've been able to to because they were the worst team in football, had the worst record in football. So not only did that give them the top pick in the draft, but then with that top pick in the draft also came the top waiver wire position that they're in. So we'll be able to get into a, a good bit of that as well, just with where the Bears roster sits at the moment. I saw Brad Biggs tweet out earlier today. Right now, apparently the average age of the Bears roster is less than 26 years old. On average, like 25.7-ish, 25.7-ish years old on average is the Bears roster. And that's with 75-year-old Mercedes Lewis as one of the players on the team as well. So, I mean, the, you know, the average is skewed up you know, quite a bit when you have a player of that, that level of experience on the roster as well. Uh, when Bigsy tweeted that out earlier, I saw Greg Gabriel uh, respond to that. Uh, and I don't trust either of their math skills, but I haven't run the numbers myself. So I'll just, you know, I'll just inform you of what they're reporting. But maybe they're both math majors. I have no idea. But Greg Gabriel ended up responding to Bigsy's tweet later on saying that if you take Mercedes Lewis and Patrick Scales out of that equation, it drops the average age to under 25 years old. So this is an extremely young football team. And the way that Ryan Poles has has transitioned the roster in a pretty short period of time here is striking you know and it's it's what a part of his his goal apparently was and he certainly pulled that off the the limited amount we're into the single digits now of remaining Ryan Pace players players who were acquired by Ryan Pace very limited amount of them who are still remaining here on this Ryan Poles Bears roster and since other teams have been making their final cutdowns, there's been a few acquisitions that have been made by the Bears as well. You add a, a punt returner, you add a safety, you add a pass rusher. So, you know, they're, they're continuing to maneuver the roster. And right now, the biggest question that looms at the moment in whether or not the Bears roster will remain fluid between now and not only the end of this week, but between now and them facing the Green Bay Packers to open the NFL season, or at least to open their NFL season on September 10th, is whether or not the undrafted Division II free agent rookie quarterback, Tyler Bajan, will he officially be the number two quarterback on the Bears roster when they face the Green Bay Packers? That still does seem to be an open item for the moment. But as of right now, the eggs are in that basket. Uh, they're, they're hoping that the Peterman, Nathan Peterman, will be available to them to place on the practice squad. So they'll see if they can make that happen. And um, you know, then your QB room will be set. It'll certainly, I was talking about this earlier in the week when I was on with, uh, with Bernstein 
Uh, I think that was Monday. Just the Bears QB room will certainly benefit from a veteran presence in there. Um, but at the moment, you know, it's, it's the starting QB Justin Fields. And you're maybe, as I said earlier, you may be an awkward Justin Fields slide away from Tyler Bajan being in the lineup, uh, having to play in a regular season game. Maybe he'll handle it well. Maybe he'll just take that on swimmingly with no issue. Or, you know, maybe he'll look like a rookie. Maybe he'll look like an undrafted rookie free agent, which stands to reason because rookie quarterbacks historically and currently tend to struggle in the NFL regardless of your draft status, regardless of your pedigree. But up to this point, the test that has been laid out in front of him, he has passed, he has exceeded expectations. I think it's fair to say he has even exceeded the expectations of those in Hallis Hall because if they thought he was going to be this good, they'd have drafted him. So, I mean, credit to the Bears and their evaluation, and Ryan Poles talked about that a bit with the media today, just crediting uh, you know, his, some of the folks on his team, on his staff, in their evaluation of Tyson Bagent and you know, being in a position to, to acquire him, to bring him in. And now he has performed well, and it, it's a huge deal. Like For me, I was an undrafted free agent when I came out of college. I initially got cut by the Detroit Lions, and I got – put on the Green Bay Packers practice squad, and then Detroit brings me back later in the season and activates me. And it, it, it can be quite the whirlwind there. And there will come a point in the year where all these rookies just recognize just mentally and physically how long a period of time this is. We talked about it a bit last season with last year's draft class and what that was like just in watching Braxton Jones and Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, watching the guys who were who – were main contributors in the Bears lineup last season as rookies and just how long that time goes through your senior year of college, everything you do in the offseason to prepare yourself for life in the National Football League, and you get through that rookie season in the NFL, and you kind of take all that into account. It's, you know, all-star games and combine and interviews and workouts, everything else, and it's like about an 18-month period of time between the beginning of your senior year of college when you get through your rookie year in the National Football League, you've been going hard for like a year and a half straight to, to try and get to that point where, where you can make a squad as a rookie in the NFL and you get through that rookie season in the NFL. And so not only Tyson Bajant, but you know, of course a number of the other Chicago Bears in that position right now, a number of these rookies right now in the position where, where they're just on this hamster wheel and they're, they're just a churning away trying to put themselves in position to, to not only get to, as Bajent and others have been able to do here, get to the beginning of that rookie season in the NFL, but now is truly where the real work begins, where now you want to be a contributor to an NFL roster. Let me get somebody on the line to, uh, to even more effectively help get you caught up on where things sit with the Chicago Bears, an individual who is there on a daily basis at Hallis Hall, day in and day out. Patrick Finley will join me on the other side of this timeout. We've also, in addition to Patrick, like I mentioned, we'll talk some Cubs later in the show with Brett Taylor, and we'll talk some college football later on in the show with my guy Dave Refson. I just happened to be in studio with Rever early today on the Big Ten Network for the show Big Ten today. But we do have what is now going to be week one. There were a few College football games over the weekend. I'm sure all you Notre Dame fighting Irish fans saw that Notre Dame played on the field. But the Big Ten begins play tomorrow night. I know we got all kinds of Big Ten ears 
tuned into this show right now as well. So we're going to spray to all fields over the course of the next three hours tonight. But let me get out the way for a moment, come back and talk some Bears with my guy Patrick Finley. We will do that next here on Chicago Sports Radio. 670 to score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he was great. He was one of the first ones to congratulate me just kind of in our li- in our early morning lift. Um, and then kind of over the course of all training camp and, uh, you know, during this preseason, he's just been a super asset to me uh, with just answering any questions that I had. And, you know, I've also been trying to return the favor with just, you know, being the eyes on the sideline, just kind of being able to look at things from a different viewpoint and, you know, try to help him as much as I can just because, you know, of how, how much he's been able to help me so far. We're back. Live with more Anthony Heron on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Oh, man, I I tend to be Captain Context with these situations. That's kind of my, my superpower. And I, I don't want to do it in a way that rains on the Tyson Bajan parade because it is a magnificent accomplishment for an undrafted rookie free agent who played Division II football to now be a quarterback who has made the active roster for a team in the National Football League. That being said, the the excitement, the fervor in the city of Chicago for most quarterbacks, you know, for Justin Fields, for any Bears backup QB, tends to run rampant, and it is it has certainly begun doing that with Tyson Bajan. But he is not the only storyline to come out of the Bears preseason. There is so much to cover, so much to catch you up on. So let's go out to the Score Hotline presented by Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And uh, we'll start off by discussing that voice you just heard, Tyson Bajant, with my guy Patrick Finley. He is on Twitter, at Patrick Finley, covering the Chicago Bears for the Chicago Sun-Times. Patrick, what's happening, man? How you doing this evening? Hey, I'm good. How about you? I am good. I am good. I am. Uh, I am eager to see what plays out between now and September 10th. Uh, you got to hear from 
Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and in recent days here, even Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. I think that was yesterday. Um, but Tyson Bajan being the, the main storyline out of camp here, that it feels like a fitting place to begin. Uh, is, is, is the Bears' QB meeting room, is it anticipated to get uh, much older in its average age between now and the opener? <laughs> not unless you count Nathan Peterman coming back. Uh, uh, that'll make them older, but not necessarily older than they were three days ago. Uh, it was clear in talking to Ryan Poles uh, and Ian Cunningham today that uh, they want uh, Peterman back, and that whether that's on the 53-man roster or on the practice squad, I think is a fair question. You know, the new rules in the NFL now say that you can carry a third quarterback on Sunday, but he won't count against your game day roster. Uh, the trick there, though, is he's got to be on your 53. So maybe that is the uh, rationale that they use for putting Peterman on the big roster as a whole season. Uh, you know, we asked directly, hey, is Beijing your second? And they weren't willing to commit to that quite yet. And, you know, there may be a world out there where, at least early on, Peterman and Bajan are you know, both on the uh, active roster and that Peterman's the better choice if Justin gets hurt in the middle of the game. But I'll tell you right now, from what I've seen with Bajan, if, if you had a full week to prepare knowing that you needed a new quarterback, uh, I think Tyson Bajan would be the choice there uh, over Peterman, you know, 100 times out of 100. Uh, that's a strong statement there because of the, the status in it. I, I was mentioning this the other day on the station that the, the Division Two aspect of it the undrafted aspect of it i would imagine that every day this staff has been around tyson bagent that becomes further and further removed from his current evaluation the being a rookie aspect of it i I would imagine that's still you know a cause for concern there just with feeling like you're insulated at the qb position what's your what's your sense for for how much you know not only what we the public got to see in the preseason games but just the way that he's been carrying himself day in and day out, how much they've been impressed by that. I think he gets it. And uh, that's really important for a rookie. He is confident. He is communicative with his teammates. He is not afraid, which is no small thing. When you consider that, I think last year he was getting ready for a season opener in which there were 6,000 people in the stadium. So this is a whole new thing. And it doesn't seem like the first time for him. Cole Komet told us the story today that, you know, Komet is a starter in Bajan as the third or fourth stringer during most of the preseason. They didn't really throw to each other very often. And Komet told a story about how when they were in Indianapolis uh, for the joint practice, uh, Komet was running a little like four-yard out route. And Bajan walked up to him and said, hey, man, I'm going to leave it a little short this time, uh, you know, because, you know, you don't have quite as much room as you would ordinarily. And not only did he – say that, but he then went and put the ball exactly where he said he was going to put it. And and to hear Komet talk about it, he was impressed by two things. Number one, that the rookie would have the wherewithal uh, to uh, come up with a way to change uh, the throw just a little bit, and then uh, to have the, quite frankly, the nerve to go tell a veteran what he was going to do. And and then the fact that he put the ball exactly where he said he was. Um, You know, those are two pretty encouraging things right there. That doesn't make him a superstar, but it makes him a little more competent, I think, than your average undrafted rookie. Part of my my query for whether or not Tyson Bagent would end up making the, the active roster was factoring in the, the relative health or lack thereof with the rest of the team here. And coming out of you guys having the opportunity to talk to Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham today, it sounds like the roster as a whole 
is is maybe healthier than than it presented itself to be through practices and preseason games. That right now Tevin Jenkins sounds like the only starter who would be anticipated to who would be likely to miss the opener here. And so part of my concern was okay if you know if you're really banged up on the O line and you're uncertain there, you're uncertain on the D line and other spots that you know linebacker, you just weren't sure whether or not there were going to be bodies. It could make it perhaps even more difficult to have a third quarterback, whomever that ends up being on the active roster. But it sounds like the, the roster itself from a health perspective is in better shape than it seemed like it was going to be. Yeah, they're going to put Kevin on IR, and IR is going to keep him out through at least the first four games. The fifth game is a short week. Uh, they go to Washington on a Thursday. So it wouldn't be crazy to think that he would miss five games. Uh, that would get him back in October. Obviously not great news for them. But, you know, that's part of the way that they uh, – that's part of the machinations of the roster here is that when they sign the punt returner <clears throat> from the Bengals officially, uh, Tevin's going to go on IR. That's how that roster spot's going to be taken care of. But everybody else is fairly healthy. We, went, we were out at practice today. Jaquan Brisker uh, wasn't practicing. Dylan Cole, who's a special teams linebacker guy, wasn't practicing. But pretty much everybody else was. And that meant, you know, Claypool and Eddie Jackson – a little bit, and Demarcus Walker, and all of these guys whose names you've been reading on the injury report for the last month. Uh, it's amazing how they all healthy up <laughs> when it's time to prepare for a game that counts. Uh, that's obviously on purpose. You know, the Bears have been, you know, careful not to rush any of them back because they want to get them ready for Green Bay. But right now, I mean, as we're looking at it, you know, Brisker, uh, they think he'll be back in time for the Packers, but he's really the only one still on the shelf in terms of starters. How about the center position, Pat? Because, you know, it just feels like that spot is really snake-bitten right now in front of Justin Fields, uh, between Cody Whitehair having some nicks. Uh, Lucas Patrick missed a lot of time in the preseason. Doug Kramer goes down in the game the other day. Uh, what, what's the, the relative health of the center position and who looks like they'll be available? Yeah, I should point out that uh, Kramer was on the sideline today too, so uh, he's a little banged up. Yeah, I think the question is going to be, can Lucas Patrick get healthy enough uh, to be ready for week one, and can uh, Dan Feeney, the guy they just brought in, uh, can he learn the playbook in time? And it's kind of a race to see what you're mo- most comfortable with. Both of those guys can play both guard and center. As long as Cody's right hand is still a little banged up, uh, it seems to me that the Bears would like to keep him at guard and then uh, put him at center when he's completely good to go. Uh, if so, both of those guys would be totally competent there. So I think it's a jump ball between the two of them uh, and, you know, like you said, they've got, they've got different obstacles to overcome here. But, you know, the Bears uh, were worried enough about that depth that they traded the six-round pick to Miami and inherited a $3 million contract. Like, they're going to pay this guy a lot of money. Uh, so uh, they may put him to use uh, right away. And over the offseason, the other guard who was, was paid to come and join the Chicago Bears from the Tennessee Titans was Nate Davis. And I'm not sure anyone who's anticipated to be ready for week one missed more time during the preseason than Nate Davis did practice and games. Uh, did he look fine and available today? Did we get any, <laughs> any news about why he's been out so much? No, he's been out there. You know, the Bears don't have to report anything injury-wise in the preseason. Uh, by NFL rule, their first injury report comes out next Wednesday, and then they've got to be above board for the rest of the season. Otherwise, they're not incentivized to share too much. But Ryan Pulse said today that, you know, it was injury, but I think part of it was also him just kind of getting comfortable in a new environment, in a new place. I can tell you 
I've got Nate Davis down for finishing two full padded practices hmm. all training camp. <laughs> so, so that's not a lot of work. But you hear Matt Eberflus talk about, you know, when he was with the Colts, they played the Titans a lot, and he went up against Nate Davis a lot. And he really does believe in him as a player. So while they haven't gotten a good look at him in camp, you know, he's still the starter. They still plan on him playing against the Packers. And, you know, they're really going off of faith here that he's the player that Matt Eberflus uh, remembers and the player that Ryan Poles saw in film before he gave him three years and $30 million to come play for the Bears. Patrick Finley of the Sun-Times here with me on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. If, if there were any, you know, of the the guys who got waived, who didn't make the final roster that were perhaps most surprising, like we, we kind of knew when Travis Gibson, when it came down to the wire there, and of course the the rumor gets out there that maybe he had requested a, a trade pretty much right before the third preseason game began. That got circulated by reliable sources. Turns out, I, I guess, that that was not exactly true, but he's no longer <laughs> a member of the Bears here. Um, was, was there an explanation for just why, how, and on a team that needs pass rush, that needs edge defenders playing at a high level, there was no one more productive coming off the, off the edge than Travis Gibson, why he's no longer a member of the Bears? I think they thought he was a better 3-4 linebacker than he was a 4-3 defensive end. Some of that had to do with the ability to set the edge. When you look at kind of the traditional defensive end in a Matt Eberflus system, they're typically big, bulky guys. I mean, look at look at the guy they, they claimed today off waivers from the Colts. I mean, they got him because they liked the size and they liked the strength. Uh, obviously, the Bears are in no position to look anybody who can record a sack, <laughs> look him in the eye and send them off somewhere else. But, yeah, it, it just wasn't a good fit. I mean, even at the start of the preseason, before their first preseason game, I think they had him as the fourth right defensive end, something like that. <laughs> so he's like the seventh or eighth person on the depth chart. Um, so, yeah, and, and, you know, to the point of, of the trade request, uh, from what I understand, uh, Travis didn't walk into the GM's office and say, you got to trade me. Uh, I don't think he ever personally made a trade request. I think the Bears gave his agent the opportunity to look around to see whether there'd be a trade uh, that would make sense, probably do a 314. Uh, it didn't come to pass, and then he got through waivers, and he didn't get claimed either. You know, there is a reason for that, and it's, uh, it's not worth getting too deep into, but there's, uh, there's a performance escalator based on how many snaps you play on your rookie contract. And because of that, both uh, Kendall Vildor and Travis Gibson were uh, scheduled to make three times more money this year than they did last year. So uh, the motivation to keep an underperforming player and pay him triple for the privilege of doing so, uh, that's you know what scared the Bears off on both of those guys. Vildor got claimed uh, by the Titans uh, today during that waiver uh, process. Well, it's good for Kendall Vildor. So right now, the and he, as, as I understand it, he's the only player, Kendall Vildor, then that, that got released by the Bears that would be on someone else's active roster that, that got claimed for a 53 at this point. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You know, we live in this bubble, or at least I do, <laughs> when you're up at Hallis Hall every day where, you know, you see these guys a lot and you presume the rest of the world is just chomping at the bit <laughs> to get a look at them. And, you know, the truth is the Bears were 3-14 and 14 last year. Their roster was teeming with, um, with uh, giant success stories, uh, uh, it'd be one thing, but it's not. And because of that, you know, you didn't see a whole lot of movement when the Bears got rid of their guy. Is there a position group that was 
was within question kind of coming through the offseason here that now that we are through the full scope of, of all the preseason games and you know the rosters, at least for now, have been set here, is there a position group that has changed, whether positively or negatively, just within your opinion of what you thought the position group was as the roster got set in the offseason, and now maybe you feel most differently about it, either better or worse, now that you've kind of gotten through the practices and preseason games here? You know, Tyreek Stevenson makes their defensive backfield look a lot better. Mm. Uh, his second round pick out of Miami, he looks comfortable, doesn't he? Like, he, he yeah. looks like this isn't the first time around. Kind of like Beijing. I mean, he just carries himself like he yeah. deserves to be here. And, and, you know, he's made mistakes. I think you saw the two penalties in the first quarter the other day, and then he comes back and makes an interception in which he does the toe drag thing as he's falling out of bounds like he's a, you know, a wide receiver and he's been in the league for 10 years. Uh, there's a talent there and there's a fearlessness there that I think really rounds out that unit pretty well when you look at him and Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon. All three of those guys are under 25 years old. If you can get Jalen signed up on a contract extension, there's a real chance those three could grow together and be really, really good for the next three or four years, and that would be helpful. So the cornerbacks, I think, are a little better than I thought they would be because, um, <clears throat> because of Tyreek. In terms of worse, you know, you just look at the offensive line, and my God, you know, I'm not sure that all five starters ever really <laughs> did much work together because of all the guys we talked about. You know, the number one, you know, the first-round pick that they have, uh, Darnell Wright. You know, he was back out there today. He, you know, he's got a right ankle thing. Uh, you know, that caused him to miss a lot of time. Uh, Nate Davis, of course, Cody Whitehair, of course, Kevin Jenkins out for at least another six weeks here. I mean, I just listed four of the five starters. <laughs> uh, I, I think going into camp, Everybody was so comforted by the fact that there were no moving pieces, that the Bears had their five as opposed to last year, and they were just going to ride with those guys until somebody got hurt. And then just kind of everybody got hurt. And even when you look at the at OTAs, I mean, Nate Davis didn't show up for most of OTAs. Um, so, you know, really they've never been together. And that is disappointing uh, because the Bears really need to block better for Justin if they're going to give him a fighting chance to show whether or not he's the franchise quarterback. Valus Jones, after the first preseason game, you know, and and misfielding uh, another punt there, it just it seemed that that maybe he was going to find himself on the outside looking in, and then some of the receivers being banged up. Dante Pettis going to IR, Chase Claypool missing a bunch of time. Then he he wasn't in a position where he got to go out there and show he could improve as a return specialist, but then also no one else was healthy enough to maybe knock him out of the lineup either. They went out like you referenced. They signed Trent Taylor, uh, and he's going to presumably be then your return specialist. He'll return the punts. Where do you think that leaves Valus Jones? I think he's their kick returner. Uh, You look at last year, he was third in the league in average length of kick return. I think the Bears as a team were second in the league in kick returns. So they're actually pretty good at that. And I think the horror stories we all remember last year with Bayless Jones was him dropping punts, you know, and he fumbled two, uh, muffed two punts in the fourth quarter of games the Bears would eventually lose by one score, something like that. So uh, they're not going to let him return punts for a while. And Ryan Paul's even talked today about, you know, trying to just build up his confidence in that regard. Uh, but I believe, you know, Paul said he's going to be the kick returner. Uh, my question is right now they've got seven wide receivers and, mm-hmm. You know, uh, and uh, the two returners we've been talking about aren't regular contributors on offense, right? right? Uh, uh, can you keep seven guys when only five of them really play offense? I, that's a, I think that's an interesting game day question for them. 
And but Equinemius right St. Brown, in, in a way, is a specialist also because he's mainly a blocker. He's not that, that he's effective. Great, and he's a, and he's, yeah, and he's a great blocker. Like, he's yeah. one of the best in the league, but, you know, he kind of does that thing better than anything else. So, yeah, so uh, I, right now I think week one you've got Bayless returning kicks. Um, but I think you have to ask the question as the season goes on, you know, if there's some attrition at other positions, you know, if they just need some help in other spots, you really justify carrying seven receivers just to ensure that uh, whoever's returning your punt doesn't drop it. You know, I mean, that's what all of this is about. And, you know, Ryan Polk said today, you know, what he wants out of the punt returner is when the other team's lining up to punt, he wants to be able to get up and go to the bathroom or go get a hot dog or turn around and walk away and come back two minutes later and nothing crazy has happened. Now, I'm sure he's not getting up. I'm sure he's not actually doing that during the games. But he wants it to be not a point of uh, contention and not a point of nervousness. Mm. And uh, I think it was clear that, uh, you know, their choices were either Bayless Jones uh, or Tyler Scott, who's a rookie. And I think both of those guys made him nervous. Uh, we've gone this whole interview. I haven't asked you a thing about Justin Fields. I don't know if I'm violating some sort of a, an agreement <laughs> somewhere by doing that. But whether with Justin Fields or, or just the roster itself, as we sit here with, uh, with the roster for now, for the moment being set, before I let you run, is there, is there anything worth covering with either specifically Fields or any other transactions that have or will likely take place? I asked Paul today about, you know, what are you going to look for when you're trying to determine all year long whether Justin is your guy? And he said, whoa, 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 you hit the fast-forward button here a little bit. And I, and I, I, don't, think, I, I don't think I did uh, because that is the question this year, right? I mean, the question is, number one, is Justin Fields your franchise quarterback? And if so, uh, how much are you going to pay him? Question two is, if he's not, how bad are you? Because you have your own draft pick. And you have the Panthers traffic. And, and if Justin's not your guy, you better hope like heck that the Panthers start losing games and that you start losing games too because there are two really good quarterbacks uh, out in the college landscape who are probably going to go one-two. And then, you know, you know this one. Another two are probably top ten on top of that. But really, those first two quarterbacks are better than anybody that was available this past year when the Bears could have had their choice of anyone. So, uh, you know, that's the big question. Is the quarterback the guy? And what Paul said is, you know, he, he's, he said what he always says, which is he's looking for improvement. He's looking for him to get sacked less and make the right decisions and all that sort of good football stuff. But then, you know, he essentially said, win, you know, and somebody finally said, how are you going to measure him? And he said, win more games. And that's a really good way to look at it. I think that sets a low bar in terms of, you know, if Justin's passing numbers aren't great, but the Bears are, you know, uh, winning. Uh, I don't think anybody will complain. I don't think anybody will come back to polls and say, but, but, but you said, you know, you said you wanted <laughs> improvement. So setting the, you know, the bar as wins and losses, I think is important, but let's also remember, and we can't lose sight of this. They were three and 14 last year. Things are going to have to go really, really, really poorly for them to win fewer games than they won last year. <laughs> so, you know, when, you know, when uh, Paul says Justin's got to win more games, like it would be, it would be disastrous if he didn't. So, uh, so he's going to clear that bar. I think we all know what to look for. I think we need uh, the Bears to have a competent passing attack. And, you know, even if it's league average, um, and you pair that with Justin's athleticism and, and you'd have something really special. So that's what I'll be watching. Uh, the big meta question of the, of the whole season is, uh, is Justin Fields the guy? Four and 13, he's the guy. That's what we got out of Ryan Poles today. <laughs> really breaking story here on the score. Patrick, as always, man, outstanding stuff. Really appreciate you taking the time tonight. Hey, anytime. Have a good night.
Uh, that is Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times. You can see him on Twitter at Patrick Finley and read his writings there. He's a Mizzou grad and quite a dad. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. You will hear a bit from the man who we referenced quite a bit there, Ryan Poles, and then we will start to transition into some Cubs convo headed towards the top of our number two here with you. I'm Anthony Heron. This is The Score. Uh, in terms of the roster, you know, roster construction is is always a challenge. There's a lot of factors, a lot of moving parts um, that you constantly have to, you know, adapt to and adjust and, and change. Um, but really think we're in a good situation moving forward. We're back live with more Anthony Heron on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Live and local. That's the voice of Bears general manager Ryan Poles. Address things with the media today. He was talking about roster construction right there. Things that he is looking for as he shapes the Chicago Bears. And I, I tweeted out when the P.J. Walker news hit the other day that the Bears were releasing him uh, the following day after the final preseason game. And my impression is, and you know, Tyson Bajan has no doubt been extremely impressive, but – it seems to me that certain decisions are also being made with the idea of a reality for where the Bears are at in you know, just beginning to launch year two of, of truly evaluating the development of a young roster here. And so, you know, he's – and Patrick Finley just told me a moment ago that Ryan Poles is still cautioning people not to hit the fast-forward button here. There's just been, a, I believe, an impressive degree of patience while – sort of in a, you know, using a scalpel sort of way, trying to recognize opportunities for aggression. You know, they're not standing pat with the roster as it is right now. And in the midst of the regular season, I, I believe some decisions got made where you could see that that the the evaluation of the roster, of the opportunity that was there, was being reacted to in the moment. There wasn't just this one idea of completely bottoming out. There wasn't this one idea of completely going for it. There was you know, a concept of, all right, we got maybe some receivers starting to get banged up or the guys we signed are performing at the level that we hoped for, but we got a quarterback who's showing some promise. Let's get him a little bit more help. Yeah, we gave up more than they probably would have wanted to for Chase Claypool, but they got him in here and at least got another athletic body and another guy who had the potential to make plays and then he's out of the lineup a lot with injuries as well Alex Leatherwood you know in in even more of a flyer to be taken but a guy who was a first round pick as an offensive tackle and still trying to find a home in the National Football League but you do that you bring a guy in to enhance the depth of an offensive line and steps into the room as the most I called it at the time he was the most physically gifted offensive lineman in the room there just frankly not good at football, unfortunately for Alex Leatherwood, so he's no longer with the Bears. So those are evaluation misses, but those are made in season at a time when it, it, it seemed like the Bears needed more help. They, they needed to upgrade just the raw horsepower of the talent in various meeting rooms. They did that at receiver. They did that on the O-line. Neither guy, Claypool or certainly not Leatherwood, no longer with the Bears here, but neither guy, you know, showed that I suppose they were worthy of being acquired in the way that they were acquired. But Chase Claypool still has that potential here. And the, the roster has continued to get upgraded around those particular position groups. But the offensive line is certainly a, a spot where there's a lot of concern uh, for the, the youth, the inexperiences there, 
the lack of cohesion that's been there, and so many guys have been banged up. Let's hear directly from Ryan Pohl, specifically on the offensive line, as he talked about, you know, sort of um, quelling some concerns that folks have had there for the the potential for long-term injuries. And Ryan Pohl's apparently saying that, no, that's not the case. Some of the key topics, health, you know, there I think – you know, the, the positive side is there's no major uh, injuries that are going to be long-term, which is which is really good in terms of a lot of the volume of, of some of the soft tissue things that we're dealing with. we got to look at that, kind of do our after-action deal and see if we can kind of move the needle the other way. Our data shows us that it, it is going the other way. It's, it's less than what it was. I think some of the names were different this year, though, um, and we'll continue to improve that process. And one other, just specific to evaluating the offensive line as a whole, and especially by comparison to where it was last year and finishing out last season. But Ryan Pohl said he feels like the offensive line is in a better place. In terms of the offensive line, excited about that group. You know, Tev's obviously going to be down for a little bit, but we're in a much better place up front. Excited about Dan Feeney, who we brought in, versatile interior player. Uh, that makes us feel a lot better and a lot secure inside as we move through the season. If all these guys are healthy, you should have a solid group. Braxton Jones has not missed a beat. Donnell Wright will apparently be out there, and he showed all kinds of talent. If Nate Davis is ready, and if Cody Whitehair and Dan Feeney are both there, and then we saw you, you do have some depth pieces. Larry Borum has, is, is a more than capable swing tackle backing up. Tyree Carter has grown and developed. If Lucas Patrick can ever stay healthy, then maybe you have a competent backup center in there as well. So there's a lot of guys that that are worthy of saying, you know what, all right, maybe you can still feel pretty good about this group if they can stay healthy as a unit. And that's going to be a big question here, especially with the way the Bears operate offensively. Very run-dominant, run-heavy unit. Then there's going to be a physical degree of football that gets played, and it takes a physical toll on you up front. We'll get back around to some Bears conversation a bit later in the show, but you got a team in Chicago that is in the midst of a playoff chase and a big win that took place on the north side of town today. We will discuss the Cubs with a man who covers them well. We'll do that next here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 